Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Kabaza, and today is a Friday, which means we get into uh, the hard economics of the week. And uh, no bigger story this week uh, out of the local economy, you know, outside of uh, the midterm budget uh, speech that was given by uh, Finance Minister Ino Gondongwana on Wednesday, and a number of things, uh, you know, coming out from that specific address. Uh, um, you know, many issues around energy, uh, many issues around ESCOM, many issues around, um, you know, social social distress, um, all of this. Uh, but one of the big running themes that we have been tracking on this platform um, is the issue of uh, consumer pressure. All of the things that uh, um, consumers are under right now, you know, whether it's inflation, whether, um, you know, you're talking interest rates, there's just a lot uh, that is, uh, you know, crypto. Uh, consumer pockets and at the moment. So to help us to understand, um, you know, what that midterm budget speech means, um, you know, for, you know, ordinary South Africans and consumers, we are joined by Warren uh, Wilkinson, who is uh, a franchise principal and financial advisor at Consult by Momentum. Warren, greetings to you today. Hi there, Mudiwe. Lovely to uh, be on the show and thanks for having me. Uh, welcome to all your listeners. Now, thank you so much, uh, you know, for being with us today and, you know, sharing your insights. But before we get into, uh, I guess, maybe the consumer-specific um, conversation, maybe you could uh, uh, give us uh, maybe high level, you know, what you were looking at, um, you know, in terms of either reading or listening to the speech, um, whatever analysis you're doing, what were there any things that you were looking out for, what stood out to you on the day? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, broadly um, there was a positive response um, from a fixed income and currency markets, uh, with governments adhering to our government adhering to rebuilding fiscal buffers and maintaining a prudent approach to spending. Um, it was quite encouraging to see that uh, we had a nice tax overrun of about eighty-four billion. Um, supported by a buoyant mining revenues, and uh, that led to an upside and a surprise in corporate income taxes. Um, so I think what everybody is still trying to just now see going forward, because obviously the medium-term, balance, uh, uh, medium-term policy budget statement is really just a pause to see um, how things have changed since February this year and what we could possibly look out for in what was going to be finalized when the budget speech happens in February 2023. I think the sort of positive part um, that we saw was the uh, gross tax, re- tax revenue, which uh, exceeded government's February 2022 assumptions by $83.5 billion for the fiscal year. Um, and that came on the back of uh, rallying commodity prices uh, that supported the mining revenues and led to an upside in uh, surprise, actually, in corporate income tax. You know, so I think a lot of the co- uh, comments that we've seen from the market is just how how the government is going to be uh, tightening the fiscal discipline around spending that money wisely. Um, a lot of emphasis on additional spending being given to the agencies that are managing to uh, assist in fighting corruption and state capture. Um, and the NPA is making progress, although that progress is slow. Um, But as we all know, I think in terms of just making sure that our state-owned entities are run prudently, um, there was also an indication from government that they'll take between one-thirds and two-thirds of ESCOM's debt onto the government balance sheet. 
and and I know that for some people that may sound negative, but it is actually favorable in the sense that the market um, globally will see that as a positive view in the sense that um, ESCOM will then have another um, sort of level of governance uh, overview and support of how that money is going to be spent and making sure that's, that, that ESCOM can actually uh, start moving into a place where they provide uh, stable energy uh, to the grid. I think it's uh, you know quite um, quite interesting points that you're noting, especially that last one around um, the fact that uh, ESCOM and that debt being taken on by the government certainly a a a certain one hopes that it's a, that it's a development that at least frees up ESCOM to you know uh, do whatever it's meant to do, whether it be um, you know fast tracking whatever maintenance needs to be done, investing into whatever new parts you know just so that we can alleviate um, you know what's going on. So uh, on my end, you know I'm a little bit uh, you know more neutral on this simply because uh, a lot of things tend to be you know well intentioned. Um, you know, in the in the policy environment, but execution uh, tends to be um, you know a bit tough sometimes. So uh, certainly a good move in terms of at least knowing that um, you know a, a big part of ESCOM's debt, you know, four hundred billion isn't anything to to what you call this uh, um, you know to whisper at, right? It's a huge amount. So you know, having those guarantees by the government, you know, it's a good thing. And I think, like you said, the market will take. Um, you know, stuff like that, you know, positively, but how, you know, things then progress beyond this point um, is definitely going to be key. So very importantly then, um, you know, Warren is, you know, for the ordinary South African, for the consumer, because you and I can, you know, wax lyrical for the next hour, you know, geeking out about the economy, <laughs> uh, geeking out yeah. about the economy and the speech, all its tenants and, you know, all of this. But for ordinary South Africans that, you know, either sat through the speech or maybe caught glimpses of it on the news, you know, they might be sitting there wondering, okay, fine, an hour long speech, but what does it actually mean? for me you know going forward uh because i'm suffering at the moment or you know it's been a tough year understandably for a lot of people out there so you know your take on that front absolutely i think the the consumer out there is, has been under increased pressure this year as um you know inflation has been a problem globally um so i think the one thing to take comfort of in the in the face of rising interest rates and debt has become more expensive your your bond payments have gone up, uh, car payments and any other debt that you've got, those debt costs have gone higher. And unfortunately, there's um, still a little bit of additional pain coming in the next quarter where they probably expect another two rate hike increases until such time as, um, although there have been some indicators that, that inflation is moderating, we're probably only expecting a cut in interest rates towards the end of 2023. So it's it's likely to remain a little bit tougher, although what is quite interesting to note, though, is that our current interest rate at 9.75 is, is a smidgen below the interest rate that we had uh, pre-COVID. So we're not quite yet at a level where we were in terms of our interest rates uh, pre-COVID. And I think that was evident in seeing um, how the debt-to-income ratio of households have actually improved over the last few years since COVID. 
Um, and funny enough, you know, the spend of, of South Africans have actually marginally increased over the last couple of years, which is quite interesting if one considers that tough inflation environment. I, I think the other thing is just also that, you know, the economic activity has been further disrupted by a significant increase in both the frequency and intensity of the load shedding this year. And we touched on the ESCOM challenge. What is, however, very, very interesting, Mudiwa, is that if we look at the sort of SA manufacturing and mining activity industry versus emerging markets, is we've actually been going sideways uh, for the last 12 years. You know, so I know we can blame ESCOM for a lot of things, but our SA mining and manufacturing activity has actually been flat for the last 12 years. And as and, and also SA building plans passed in the last um 14 years have actually been declining over the last, over that period. So I think what is concerning for us is to see that obviously the growth rate, because everybody is saying we're trying to recover out of a difficult environment, but, you know, at an, at an expected average economic growth rate of 1.7%, it's going to be, it's going to be still tougher for longer. And I think it's just, I know it's, it doesn't help to say this, but I think it's comforting to know that the world at large is, is facing significant pain. But I think what is positive for the consumer as well is just that there's a significant amount of investment opportunity at the moment with the way that the markets have become uh, under pressure because of the rise in, in, um, in, in inflation. Um, and, and clients must just be, or people must just, um, you know, continue to save. They must stick to their investment strategies. And there's significant uh, investment opportunities, especially in our local market, compared to the developed world out there. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot that's, uh, you know, going on out there. And, um, you know, whether we're talking about, um, you know, the energy costs, like what you said just now, the rising inflation, the interest rates, you know, there, there is a lot going. But, you know, as, a, as, a, as an ordinary person on the street, um, how do you think we should be looking at, uh, you know, Wednesday's budget speech? Um, do you think it was friendly, you know, towards consumers or, you know, was it more of, um, you know, we're in a crisis, um, you know, we're all in a crisis as a country and this is just our way of digging it out? Was it more business friendly? Because I know that, um, you know, the experts tend to have uh, that line where you sort of judge to say, okay, fine, this was a business-friendly budget or this was a consumer-friendly budget. Um, you know, how, you know, should we be thinking around that specifically? Yeah, I think I think um, in terms of, of detail, as far as the consumer is concerned, not a lot of detail comes out in the, uh, the medium-term um, budget policy statement. Um, broadly speaking, I think the concern is with uh, an, an, an indication of low growth in South Africa. Our concern is obviously, you know, how practically the government is going to work with the private sector in sorting out state-owned entities and sorting out corruption and making sure that we get our country um, in a more investable state uh, for offshore uh, investing into South Africa, and then to create employment. We've got a massive unemployment problem. Um, and I know that the uh, there's a CCMA hearing today between uh, government employees and the government regarding the current wage um, offers that are that are going on. And I think, you know, it is quite critical that we um, that we see more practical, and I think you touched on it. You know, it, there's there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of years since COVID about how and what we're going to do, but there actually needs to be more 
action. And we actually need to see government working with private government in stimulating growth. Our, our corporate sector is sitting on a significant amount of, the, of, of cash at the moment. In fact, those cash reserves have been building significantly over the last uh, 20, 12 years as well. And it just shows a lack of confidence from corporate South Africa to actually invest in infrastructure in South Africa when there is this very little practical um, show of a commitment to, to sort out our, our structural um, challenges. I think what, what is encouraging, though, is the president's energy action plan where they've um, earmarked 80 private sector projects that will bring 6,000 megawatts of energy at a tune of 85 billion rands worth of revenue. Um, the Office of the Presidency also has improved the ease of doing business for over 4,000 um, small to medium-sized businesses. Government have had a very successful spectrum auction, uh, which raised $14.4 billion for the fiscus. And that, that obviously was held as a welcome milestone that would lead to lower communication costs, expanded network reach to rural and outlying areas, and improved network quality. It, the wheel is turning, and... We see a lot more evidence of the NPA making inroads into that. And then our government debt ratios have improved. You know, there is obviously a commitment to fiscal discipline. And, you know, it's like you and I, it's very easy to, to talk about our budget and to have our budget in the drawer, but it's to take it out and practically uh, work with that budget. I think just the consumer is going to have to be very prudent in the way that they um, deliver their own personal budget as much as we're trying to see government being a lot more prudent and disciplined um, with regards to how they spend um, their, 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 their money. So unfortunately, not a lot of look through and a clear idea in terms of consumer specific elements in this um, medium term bu uh, budget policy statement. We'll obviously hear more about things like whether they're going to increase or decrease, well, it won't decrease, but whether they would increase VAT um, whether the uh, tax scales are going to be adjusted. And we'll see a lot of those details, obviously, only in February. Uh, certainly right from that point of view. Usually, you know, um, not a lot of detail comes out from the midterm, you know, budget policy statement. Uh, but however, just given how, you know, how tight things are for consumer pockets and, you know, business out there at the moment, I'm sure, and um, you know, that any messaging that comes out of the government is, you know, being paid attention to and being put under an immense microscope because people are looking for, you know, relief, um, you know, in um, in one way or another. And also, you know, um, also good to look at the positives, like what you said. There are so many things that are wrong. Uh, but every once in a while, we do need to, you know, take time to appreciate and at least acknowledge, um, you know, the positives, you know, as and when they go occur. Now, Warren, uh, before we let you go, I want, uh, you know, we want to pick your brain, you know, so that you put on your financial advisor, you know, hat at the moment, um, you know, maybe um, as you are what you call this, uh, you know, in this last part. Um, you know, that financial advisor had to say, you know, maybe you could give us a little bit of a peering, you know, behind the curtain into, you know, the type of work that you're doing and how a budget policy statement like the one on Wednesday influences, you know, the type of um, engagements uh, that you are having with clients. Yes, thanks, uh, Madiwa. I think the other positive thing 
that does have a bearing on, on where people invest and how they invest is just to know that the rating agencies are likely to keep our sovereign rating unchanged. Um, so the near-term fiscal outcomes have improved since the rating agencies last uh, opined on South Africa's sovereign rating. However, the, the other negative, just a small negative, is that we are likely to get uh, grey-listed by the, by the Financial Action Task Force, which in broad terms is not going to be such a major negative thing for South Africa. Um, but the government has also, again, you know, committed funding to the FIC and other agencies to make sure that we deal with those 40 points that we need to address. I think the other thing also to be to be confident about is that our tourism industry, which brings a lot of money in for South Africa, is still in a massive recovery phase. They obviously took a massive knock during COVID, um, but they are uh, recovering nicely. I think just from an, a, a financial management perspective, I touched on the fact that um, as much as consumers are under pressure from a um, an interest rate hiking cycle. Um, they've got to remember that they've got to stay disciplined in their investment strategy. They they need to stick to their long-term goals because as much as portfolios have been hammered um, and there's some portfolios uh, where the, the clients are down 20, 30% this year, um, they've got to just sit tight and know that there's, uh, uh, um, you know, the sentiment may be down, but the intrinsic value of their portfolio is, is not down. They've actually got to just sit tight through this um, the cycle, which, you know, if you look at um, all the damaging cycles that we've had since 1976 globally that affected our market, um, if you just sat tight and you never moved out of your portfolio, you would have had 12.5% compounded return annually. So what destroys value is when clients panic and they climb out of the market because they they've take they feel they've taken too much pain and they try and time to get back into the market after the market has run again and it becomes too expensive and that's how you destroy value. So we we're spending a lot of time in the last year from a behavioral finance perspective to encourage clients to stick to their plans, uh, maybe refresh their goals. But the fact that the market is down does not change their strategy or should not change their strategy. Um, especially if the goals are still five years and, and beyond. We, we, we're living in an environment where people are living longer. So longevity is a big challenge to be mindful of. And, you know, you can't climb out of growth assets because it's getting painful. You know, you've got you've to stick to a long-term view and make sure that you weather the storm. And, and as I said, South Africa is not, not absolved. You know, everybody talks about South Africa's debt, but the problem is, the entire world took on an additional 20-30% of debt on, on their balance sheets as well during COVID. So we are not alone. The other countries like our, our poor neighbor Zimbabwe is sitting at 285% inflation this year. Argentina, 72% inflation. Turkey at 73%. So there's a lot of other countries in the world that is taking pain and strain. Um, but we've just got to sit tight. And I think the other thing that I, you know, I've always been a very positive uh, individual about South Africa, we're a major uh, uh, food security source for the SADC region. Um, we've got a lot to offer as a country for the rest of Africa. I think it'll be nice to see how more positively we can scrum with our neighbors and other African countries in Africa uh, to show the rest of the world how resilient we are. So I think we've got to, we've got to remain positive. We've got to know that as we focus on being disciplined in our budgets, um, focusing on long-term investments and just making sure that we don't live beyond our means. And I think that's that's really what uh, some maybe some key takeouts for our consumer, uh, just on the basis of our of of the budget uh, speech that came out this week. Uh, you know, very you know, very sage advice, and especially like you said, um, emphasizing that uh, that positivity aspect. You know, to say that. Um, 
you know as bad as things are um you know they it one it could be worse uh but you know secondly um we have neighbors uh we have people you know compatriots uh either other emerging markets or just other countries as a whole because uh, there's a pain you know that the world has collectively felt through covid-19 this pain that the world is feeling collectively um given you know everything that's going on this year where that supply chain constraints russia ukraine war so it's south africa not only um you know going through this and you know putting it in context you know around uh, the pains that neighbors are feeling and how bad some of those situations are i think it is sobering and helps to contextualize um you know everything in people's minds lastly um on that positivity note you know this one is just something that struck me as you were talking warren is how does one even keep a positive mindset um around everything that's going on and the reason i ask that is not so much the positive uh, mindset but rather the resilience uh because in the world of investments we know that um growth you know tends to happen over a long period of time and you know in that long period of time there will be periods um you know of uh, you know uh peaks troughs uh downturns there's a lot that goes on but you know when you look at uh the trend of uh you know certain investments stocks for example over a long period of time there's a general upward trend but what tends to scare people most of the time is that short term pressure because a person is feeling it today right now i want to mm. put food on the table right now but my investments aren't performing right now <laughs> yeah. so um i think you know just given the consumer pressure out there you know any encouraging words around uh, resilience you know financially because i'm sure right now it's very easy to be pessimistic in whatever aspect of you know the financial system or the economy a person is looking at Mm. I think a lot of people um especially businesses that um that that got hurt during covid uh, was in principle because they didn't have an emergency fund. So you know one of the b- basic building blocks when building a portfolio is you've got to make sure that the first bucket you address is making sure that you've got 3 to 6 months worth of saved salary ready waiting in cash to deal with an emergency that could befall you whether it's a death of a family member or you've all of a sudden got got to replace four tires because you went through a pothole in uh, Limpopo or whatever it may be and i love limpopo by the way i'm just using that <laughs> as an example that um you know there are going to be those emergencies and i think what is what what destroys value is when you've not planned for those emergencies by having cash on hand that you then go to your portfolio and you and you you yank money out of your portfolio for a bucket that was actually destined with a goal that was 3 to 5 years and those assets aligned with that outcome so we we look very carefully to to put various buckets in place that is aligned with the client's outcome over an investable period of you know 3 years 5 years 7 years and longer and trying to ensure that we are very clear with those objectives so for example retirement planning if you've got 10 years or longer to retirement you must understand that it's that's hitting age 65 you've got to then plan for another 30 years to ensure that that money lasts to age 90 95 because of longevity so you can't get to age 65 and panic and say well i'm going to yank it all out into cash because 
I don't believe I'm going to be able to survive. Well, you most certainly won't if you take that strategy, but your retirement funding should be in growth assets. And to your point, it's it's not trying to time the market with your growth assets. You've got to give that time in the market. And then the other positive thing about saving monthly is that you take advantage of what is called RAND cost averaging. So as the markets are going up and down on a month-by-month basis, over time, by investing on a monthly basis, a little bit by little bit, um, your 1,000 Rand or 500 Rand or whatever it is that you're saving monthly is buying a fair value. As I said, it doesn't reflect the true intrinsic value. So you look at something like Nuspash is trading at a discount of 36%. Um, Anglo-American is trading at a discount of 41%. Sassol is trading at a discount of 51%. So now is the time to put money into the market. But from a behavioral finance perspective, that's what scares people. So they are not they're not keen to put money in when people are crying because <laughs> that's when you should be buying if you listen to Warren Buffett you know um and it's when people are yelling you know um that you should be selling so i think it is key to have the right team behind you to have a quality certified financial planner with the appropriate tools and experience to guide you and make sure from a behavioral finance perspective you don't make uh, the mistakes of destroying value by trying to time the market or panic unnecessarily with the assets that should be sweating for you over a right uh, goal timeline, whether it's three years, five years, or seven years or longer. You know. All right. So uh, that's been it. Very fascinating discussion. Just going through um, the midterm budget policy statement uh, from Wednesday. Um, some insight into some of the you know high level you know big points that came out. Specifically, um, I think some of the big ones are around energy. But you know we spent a long time um, focusing on the pressure that uh, consumers are under at the moment contextualizing painting a picture of um, all the you know all the pain that consumers are under at the moment and uh, some of the ways that government is trying to come to you know the party but you know very scarce detail um, from that uh, you know from that budget speech and hopefully we'll get a little bit more detail uh, come February next year one of the big things uh, that uh, Warren is talking about is the fact that that, um, you know, despite how bad things are, it is just good to look at uh, what's going on in the market and, you know, sort of um, appreciate uh, the fact that, one, things could be worse. Um, and then secondly, uh, the fact that, um, you know, out there in the world collectively, uh, you know, the world is, you know, in a bad place, 20 to 30% more debt added to balance sheets, um, you know, globally, you know, many countries all looking to address the same issues as are being addressed in South Africa and then ending off, you know, trying to strike that positive note, um, you know, to say that, uh, you know, if you are going to be investing or saving, you know, you just need to have um, some emergency funds available to help um, to weather some of those, um, you know, unplanned, um, you know, circumstances, situations that might occur. If you're a business three to six months worth of salary, if you're an individual, maybe a household, you know, having those expenses on hand, you know, just so that when, um, times of trouble come you're not caught unaware and then in the market you know just appreciating the fact that um, things tend to go up over the long term and that there might be some short-term pain uh, but over the long term you know there tends to be you know all of that gain so that's been it fascinating conversation we were talking to warren wilkinson who is a franchise principal and financial advisor at consult by momentum warren 
Thank you so much for being with us. Madiwa, thank you for having me and it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks very much. This is Madiwa's Take. Very fascinating conversation and I think, uh, you know, uh, that positivity note is uh, definitely something that uh, we do need to strike. It's not easy. I'll definitely admit that because, um, you know, people are having their pains today. I'm personally feeling the pain today. Uh, So, you know, looking out into the long term, um, you know, thinking about what's going on in other territories, other countries, you know, it does seem a little bit hard to do uh, just given the pressure. But you know, it does remain uh, a fact, you know, the fact that uh, out there in the world, everyone collectively is going through this. It's not only uh, the South African government that's grappling with how to address, you know, all of the macroeconomic and microeconomic issues uh, that are affecting the world right now. Going forward, as I said during the discussion, uh, the issue of execution is a very is a very important and a very big one. Um, you know, on you know most of the major points, particularly uh, around the energy issue. Great that uh, a big portion of uh, ESCOM's uh, budget ends up being taken up by government. It's something that we spoke about uh, last week, I think, um, on the platform. But you know, what does it mean going forward? What's the execution? execution going to be like because the reason why that they do all of this stuff is so that they can free up ESCOM as a utility um, to go out into the market and do whatever they're meant to do whether it be uh, the investing in uh, new new plant and equipment uh, especially the maintenance uh, that's been uh, a big issue uh, right now around all of the unplanned um, outages uh, that we've been having I think at the moment uh, load shedding seems to be just an hour consistent um, you know, part of life, right? So that execution going forward is definitely, um, you know, going to be key. And then on a last note is um, some of those um, considerations uh, for uh, considerations for consumers, for businesses is, at the next budget, the main budget that comes in February, how do we uh, take some of the themes and actually push them forward, right? Obviously, come that time, we'll be in a slightly different place, but it's unlikely that we will be too far different from where we are right now. So it's likely that some of the conversations that we're having right now around those pressures will still be there. And one of the big things that always comes up in budget speeches is VAT, right? Oh, are they going to put up VAT? Are they going to put up VAT? Because yeah, there's uh, there's, a, there's impetus uh, to actually increase collections and um, fund state coffers and all that. But could we see a situation where there's a, a slight reversal? For a long time, VAT in South Africa sat at 14% and then it uh, moved up to 15 Could we see a reversal on that end as a way? Because that's something that brings immediate relief. Um, you know, that's an immediate thing yeah, where a person is paying less VAT. Is that something that's on the table or um, are things... Uh, at that point where we need to be continuing to push up the revenue collection so that the government can fund, you know, all of these interventions that they have. we wait to see, uh, but uh, as we continue to say, execution, execution, execution.
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.